Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Okay, we're back with um, a new mini so Mini so I didn't know what sound to make. I don't have a mouth there, but I was like, y'all already did all the same. Woo-woo! Yay! <laughs> we're starting a new series, and it is a Netflix series called Bad Vegan. Fame, Fraud, Fugitives. Didn't someone suggest this one? I think one of our listeners suggested this. Okay, I love that. <laughs> sure. I was going to say, you got me. I, I, I see you, listener. I, I may have forgotten your name, but I'm going to find it before this is said and done. Um, okay, so we are going to be talking about episode one, which is titled Mr. and Mrs. Fox. So um, I took some pretty detailed notes because that's just how my mind works. So I can, like, Overview. Yeah, give like an overview and then um, y'all just interrupt me as I go, I guess. I, I think it's so cool that your mind works that way because mine is literally the opposite. Like, <laughs> when I'm watching a show, it's like it's it's like that's TV static. Uh-huh. You know, like it's nothing going on here. It's just <laughs> absorbing what I see. And, uh, I cannot take notes to save my life. Even when I'm doing research, I have to pause it and then like type yeah. what I just heard. Yes. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, but it, it's mainly because my memory is so fucking ass. I don't know. I'm like, am I like getting really old? Because I can't remember details of stuff. Really? Yeah. So if I didn't do this, I would just be silent the whole time. <laughs> like, damn, that really happened. Like, maybe we both need to go to the <laughs> <laughs> like, like, both of y'all, you can't remember shit, and then you can't absorb information. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah, we can go together. <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you can be our support. Right. We need it. Clearly. <laughs> this is why we make such a great team. Okay, so we opened up the episode with a conversation about the documentary that is currently happening. So it's a phone call between two people that we don't know yet. And basically the man on the conversation is asking about a documentary. And he's saying like, you know, you shouldn't participate. This isn't cool. Like, why does this always happen? He's cursing at her and then turning around and saying he loves her so much. And it's kind of confusing because as a watcher or as a um, viewer, you don't really know like what it's about, but Mm -hmm. it's clear that the, the man in the conversation does not want this documentary to happen. Right. And the woman's like, Oh, well, I think it's okay to participate, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then as the conversation goes, you realize the documentary they're talking about is the one that we're watching right, right now. Which is always fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was cool. I was like, oh, I like that. That was interesting. Um, we finally see who the woman in the conversation is, and we're introduced to her, and her name is Sarma. Do y'all know how to pronounce her last name? Uh, I have no clue, but I'm, I'm very curious as to why her name is so ethnic yeah and i know everybody is ethnic don't cuff me out but like isn't she from like another country like a european yeah but sarma sounds very indian mm. i don't know maybe I'm, i was I'm just speculating that like you know because the kind of white people especially during that time 
like the eat, pray, love types. You know, mm, yeah. I was assuming that she just like went on a spiritual journey and changed it, but they might not be the case. That just was my assumption. Yeah, okay. it's a Turkish word, so. Oh. Maybe they are Turkish. Interesting. Okay. Turkish. I just I just looked up a YouTube video of how to pronounce this. Let's see. It's from Tibetan Buddhism in some countries. So Sarma Mengelis. Sarma Mengelis. Okay, so there's an L in there that's not pronounced. Okay. So we're introduced to her. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know why her name is that, but <laughs> 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 um, so in um we're interviewing her or she's speaking to the interviewee or the interviewer in New York city in 2019. And we are shown that she is the owner of a restaurant called pure food and wine, which is a raw vegan restaurant. Um, Innovative for its time. It was. Yeah. It it looked very cute. Yes. And raw vegan. Yeah. It looked super, super cute. I'm like, damn, I kind of want to try. (laughs) Right. It was also super, super popular. Right. Very popular. Said on Wilson's walk around in the kitchen barefoot, which I'm like, ugh. Just because we're vegan doesn't mean we want feet in our food. (laughs) Fucking gross. (laughs) Like, no, you're messing up the reputation of people who eat raw vegan food. Right? Don't think you gotta be dirty. Exactly. But that's interesting because that's kind of like what the the brand of the of the restaurant was for. Like, it was supposed to take raw veganism from like this quote unquote like hippie dippy like Mm -hmm. food, yeah, to like more high. Uh, dining so it's like oh and why are you <laughs> like we're not doing good for the brand exactly. <laughs> exactly. so in 1994 Sarma um, went to college and she majored in economics and she basically said that it was because like everyone else was doing that she was hired into the financial industry and she hated it so after a year and a half she left and went to culinary school and she finished that in 1999 it was then that she met a chef named Matthew Matthew Kenny. They were such a cute couple. They, they were. were. So cute. They were like very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> like what in like, the yeah, world? Like, right. Very yeah, much. Definitely. Yeah. So that's kind of like a trend, like a common thing throughout the whole show that Sarma's like a very beautiful white woman, and people kind of like loved that. Mm-hmm. She was a very classic like nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. And he was like that whole like. I guess, like, Henry Cavill, Eric Bana, Christian Bale kind of looking dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And he's this, like, famous chef, and mm-hmm. Sarma's just now getting into the food industry, so they, they connected. They charming. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I, I mean, it made sense. Yeah, it sucks it fell apart. Right. So, like we said, they became a couple, and they wanted to open up a raw vegan restaurant together, and which they did, which turned into pure food and wine. So, them as a couple opened up this vegan spot. It was high end, like we said, it became really popular with celebrities and other people. And they also interviewed a lot of the employees that work there, and they all seem to like, yeah. <laughs> Especially considering where this story goes, um, they all seem to really like it. Like yeah. they really loved working there. They liked Sarma. They were all really close and dedicated to the restaurant and like the vision and all that. And I feel like the inner the um, person producing this documentary was very purposeful with all of that it's also interesting too everybody they interviewed well from what i remember was white and they, and they worked in the kitchen mm-hmm. i really want to know what would happen if they had an interview like the dishwashers <laughs> <laughs> sure. they'd be like fuck this place like the niggas who worked there <laughs> right. they made 12 hours right you know, this food on this shit with right. my hand oh fuck no <laughs> cut up some carrots <laughs> just kidding i love raw vegan food yeah <laughs> Um, so we are then introduced to this 
journalist from Vanity Fair named Alan Salkin. And he basically kind of runs through like an overview of what this story is about. And basically it seems that Sarma went, quote, on the lamb. I hate that. I kind of want to know where that came from. On the lamb? Yeah. I it's an official term. Yeah, but like, where? what is it? <laughs> lamb? What does that mean? <laughs> on the lamb means running away or being a fugitive from the law. Bureaucrats would say in escape status. The origin of the expression is in heated dispute among slang etymologists. So oh, they don't even know where it came from. So a lamb is old English for a beating. Oh. Um, yeah, it's related to the beginning of the word lambast. So maybe it meant like, you know, some, who, somebody who runs away from a beating or something. Like um, that. that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So basically, <clears throat> Sarma was running away from a beating, I guess. Uh, <laughs> apparently <laughs> so i guess she was like accused of extorting her employees for two million dollars mm-hmm. and she was running away and apparently she was busted because she ordered a domino's pizza girl <laughs> i can see if you ordered i can see if you ordered like nancy's or maybe mellow mushroom and that's girl, a if you huge don't walk down to the corner store and get some ramen you on the lamb <laughs> but that's <laughs> Supposed to be a raw vegan, you wanted, that's what I'm saying. Girl eating, right? And you chose Domino's, yeah. You could have Blue Moon Pizza got diet cheese, that's vegan, <laughs> like you know, it's just so many options, girl. Not this Atlanta argument again. Care you. Remember, when we were talking about the best pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was a whole thing, please. So, and then we learn more about um, Matthew and Sarma, and they kind of were the brand that Food Wine, or what is this restaurant called? Pure Food and Wine was. Yeah. So people would go because they knew that this, like, it couple was, like, running the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And they were, like, beautiful. They looked perfect. But it wasn't so perfect on the inside as it typically isn't. Like, Sarma was really careful with money, and Matthew was kind of just, like, throwing it away. He had a reputation of being a bad businessman, and he didn't pay his people. Mm-hmm. So eventually, Matthew and Sarma split up. All right, y'all. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess? And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. (laughs) On the big c***y couch. Mwah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it was pretty salacious just because, like, people knew of them and it was, like, a big deal. Neither of them really wanted to leave the restaurant. So their restaurant partner, whose name was Jeffrey, were also introduced to him. He was kind of tasked with choosing which one of them was going to, like, hold on to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, this is interesting. Um, he ended up picking Sarma. Um, he said it was because she was just more better business minded and he just thought that she would do better at the restaurant. So he ended up selling the restaurant to her for $2 million of debt. 
which bitch you can have it i'll start another one that's what i'm saying two million dollars of debt of is a significant debt. amount of money yeah like especially if you're not making a profit at the time right nah for I'm a restaurant name niggas are really stressing over like a few like a few thousand of student loans right. two million yeah no. i've never even made one how much of the concept can you really own like i can make vegan raw food anywhere under right. any name no like, right. i'm so sorry i'll start from scratch yeah. I'm not taking on two million dollars in debt. No. I'd be like, oh well, how about you just let you be the general manager for I don't know X amount of thousands a year, right? It'd be like one twenty k, one fifty k a year. I'm like, oh fucking hell, two right. million, fuck no. Yeah. I also wonder if it was just semantics, because like, yeah, she technically owns the restaurant, but does she if she's paying him? Yeah, no, she basically mm-hmm. doesn't. It's, it's, it's like, like owning like, a house. Yeah, owning a house. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <clears throat> but oh, like, yeah. so technically, the bank owns the house until you pay it off. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, so Sarma was $2 million in debt, but she now owns her restaurant. (laughs) And she loved her restaurant. She did, like, really good at social media once it started to become more popular. And people, like, famous people were just coming all the time. And her restaurant was really well known. And this is when she met um, Alec Baldwin, who was a regular at the restaurant, which is so fucking random. That is so it fucking is. random. <laughs> like, wait, what? Random. <laughs> I wonder what his personality is like. He just seems like an asshole. I was gonna I say, know. I heard he's a complete piece of shit. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because he just, he just gives me those vibes. Like, yeah. You know. I didn't know how bad it was until recently. But. Oh, wow. I'd love to hear a Behind the Blinds episode. <gasps> yeah, that's random. Listen! Oh, no. Try, I, I know you're listening. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll be all into that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, I need it. Um, but yeah, so Alec Baldwin was a was a customer. He was a customer, and he had a crush on Sarma, and he would always talk to her about like needing company and like a companion. And I don't know if Sarma was just. I guess later on she said she wasn't a relationship, but instead of like kind of being like, "Oh, you're clearly into me," like blah blah blah, she was sending him like dogs that he should adopt, <laughs> which I was like interesting. Girl, she she. It's funny because they mentioned this in the in the show and then that episode that like she wasn't as like outgoing as yeah. she seemed and like mm-hmm. actually was a little bit of an introvert and had to recharge. And even in the interview, I was like, "Oh, you were a little bit awkward." Girl. Yeah, like, you're kind of a weirdo. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Okay. which is like I get that. Pretty. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I think people assume that she has a certain like social yeah. like finesse, but I don't think she does. Yeah, I think <laughs> she was a little bit of a weirdo. Yeah. yeah, which is fine. I mean, same. Yeah. But I feel like. Especially at this time, at least how this restaurant did really well was people knew of her. Mm-hmm. And, like, she was supposed to be out there every night, like, talking to people at the bar. Right. Yeah. And the whole time, she's like, I just want to be home with my dog, please. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, same. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess I can't, not necessarily relate, obviously, but, like, I don't know. I can't picture because if I look like that, bitch, I'll be a hot girl. Like, <laughs> That's what? <true>. A blonde <laughs> bitch with naturally skinny eyebrows? Say less. Not naturally skinny. <laughs> bitch, I'm about to have 18 boyfriends. They all filled up to the restaurant. You bitch, you better not have no problems with it. Get, up, get the fuck out of my restaurant. I'm going to be dating Alec Baldwin, Owen Wilson, fucking every Please, single white man. Every George Clooney, all of them. Every single last All the white men. Come get it. <laughs> so while she was sending him these pictures she came across an american pit bull terrier named leon and she ended up adopting him and that was like the love of her life mm-hmm. no she's really attached or is really attached to that dog right he's cute i'm like okay he's leon um at this time sarma was going through a bad breakup and she said that she regrets not like 
hanging out with Alec more, which is interesting. Um, and they also go into like Alec met his wife at Pure Food and Wine. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't care. But I will be sick. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, I will be sick. Like, right. You just on a rich nigga. Right. You watching him? Who probably could have paid off my debt, honestly. Like mm-hmm. if I had just it? really threw some bomb coochie out or whatever, mm-hmm. and, the, and the soft or just some, some bomb carrots or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> some grilled dates. <laughs> right. You know what I mean, like you could have, you could have played that. You could have played that right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, she she fumbled the bag. She Humble that for sure. Mm-hmm. So it was like the restaurant was doing well. Sarma was not like she was lonely. She was broke, two million dollars in debt, mm-hmm. and they like multiple people were saying this like this dichotomy between who she was at the restaurant and who she was in real life. Like this socially awkward, didn't really want to be around a lot of people, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. So. <sighs> Sarma noticed that Alec Baldwin, and I'm like, are you obsessed with them? <laughs> why are you <laughs> on his Twitter? So much. Yeah, no. And I'm like, are they just throwing it around because it's a famous name? It was weird. Yeah. But anyway, she noticed that Alec Baldwin was interacting with this person on Twitter, and she was kind of like intrigued by him. Like, he, I guess he was funny and like witty. Mm-hmm. So they ended up meeting online, and his name is Shane Fox. And this is funny because I was like, wow, back in the day. They were playing Words with Friends, and they would chat on Words with Friends. That's throwback. Right. right. Um, they would also speak on the phone, and he kind of presented himself as this, like, big, strong person that was, like, really appealing, and she said that she fell in love with him before she met him, which uh, 200 episodes of Catfish Later will teach you that you should not do that. Yeah, no, definitely. Right. So at the end of 2011, they finally met in person. And she said that he was heavier set than in the pictures that she sent him, but she didn't, she felt like that was kind of shallow of her to have any type of issue with that. Fair. So, um, yeah, she was like, okay, well, we can still try this out. Her dog, Leon, really liked him. So I guess that was enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The restaurant employees said that Shane was like a a decent person and he had like a really big presence, but they were kind of like weirded out by him a little bit like they like didn't understand like who the fuck is this right like where did he come from like they said at first they that sarma kind of introduced him as like a classmate and one person said that she introduced him as like a cousin which was so (laughs) very weird yeah (laughs) because like as as she's telling the story of how they met she's making it seem like super romantic but then as they're like recounting like how he was introduced to them they're like yeah it was just like weird she was probably embarrassed Honestly, she might have been. She knew that it was weird that she met him on Twitter. Like she didn't. She didn't do no background or nothing. Right. Because everybody she had associated with before was like famous and came to the restaurant to do business or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Just bringing this random nigga in a black leather jacket. And she was the it girl in the restaurant world. Like she had been featured in all these commercials and like magazines and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe she was embarrassed. It was still strange. And it seemed like everybody that worked at the restaurant was like family. Mm -hmm. So they were really like, why don't we know who this person is? Right. They're random, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think if one of my friends brought a random nigga around who we had never heard of up until that moment, yeah. I would yeah. Be, I'd be a little concerned. Yeah, most definitely. I'd be like, either why didn't you feel like you could say anything? Mm-hmm. Or like, is this? did you just meet this person yesterday? <laughs> like, why? Right. Especially if they're weird, like, mm-hmm. giving they weird vibes. Like, money she has. Like, mm-hmm. Or like, access at the very least. Yeah. Right. So, um, Sarma always said that he was mysterious, like we were saying. She said that she was never really clear about what his job was. Red fucking flag. That's that's the red flag right there. (laughs) He immediately. He said he worked in like black ops and he was like super vague. 
You work for like spy agencies in the military and stuff. <laughs> I can deep Negro spiritual spy. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> because I, I'm I'm not dating no mystery person. No, no. Mm-hmm. I need to know. Right. I need to know exactly. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. if you did work in black ops, if you were a spy. Why the fuck are you telling people? No, right. you should have a cover job. Yeah, right. that makes sense. That from the pa- and I meet the parents. Right, exactly. And all you gotta do oh, is just oh, be like, oh, I'm a consultant. First of all, white people never have real jobs. Yeah. All you gotta do is just make up some shit. You could just I'm be an like, accountant. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I do what accountants do. You just awoke in so many memories from 2020. So, as if that was a long ass time ago. Right. But no, yeah, like you wait. You can pick up literally anything. You'd be like, I'm a shoe sniffer. You know, I, I check, you know, foot chemistry and used shoes. But, oh, that's interesting. Like, the right. It was like he gave just enough where it was like, okay, so what else? But he was like, oh, I can't tell you anymore. Yeah. Like, no. if you were really black ops, I feel like you couldn't say you're black ops yes, at all. Yes, you can't. You can't put that on your LinkedIn. Spy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing, sir. <laughs> you didn't think that went through, and neither did she. So. Yeah. So she said that he made her feel like it was for her protection, and she shouldn't really ask him any questions. She said his laptop was super protected, and he was like, she would walk up behind him, and he'd be watching, like, surveillance videos and stuff which okay she also said that he wore rolexes and he would like ride in bentley's and he just kind of gave the impression that he was really rich yeah which i mean might have been another uh reason why she was putting up with all this vagueness. he did go in that jewelry store and come back supposedly with a bag of loose diamonds right yeah my theory is that they were just glass and then yeah. he walked in there with that bag in his pocket and walked back out with it so he could look like he had diamonds. Right. But yeah. that would be convincing. Yeah. I feel like it would, but it would run me in the other direction. Because <laughs> if I'm fucking with anybody who has access to loose diamonds, it's giving all about the Benjamins. <laughs> It's, it's giving it's true like Russia why is it like too. that it's giving That's us Antwerp heights exactly <laughs> <laughs> yes it's in that episode y'all know <laughs> you need a break from the murder y'all hate heists but it was so good <laughs> it was so fucking good but it also was, if he like confiscated it for evidence wouldn't it be in like an evidence bag why would you think that that right it wasn't yeah that's strange oh, no I'm sorry though um she also said that he would go days without speaking to her and that the relationship between them was just like never really clear because you fucking met other bitch that's what it is yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's and that's what it's giving so i'm, I'm, I'm again run me in the other direction uh, i don't give a fuck if we probably you better speak nigga but... <laughs> are you okay <laughs> i'm fine i'm doing great a white man <laughs> coming out of here with loose diamonds and not talking to me for three days? Yeah, no. That's that gives true. me real that gives me real war flashbacks. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, that's real. That's real. <laughs> Sorry, I you know went five six years back, <laughs> but I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Oh, man. It sounds terrible for you, man. It does. And it gets even worse because then he started asking her for money, which is how this shit goes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, he needed thousands of dollars. Immediately now. Like, what did she say? Five, ten thousand dollars? Yeah. Go hawk some of them diamonds. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You have them in your pocket right now. That's what I'm saying. They don't have to. Don't tell Black Ops. Just go (laughs) pawn them or whatever. And then she gave him it. She gave him the money, Mm -hmm. which... I mean, interesting. I mean, I guess you have savings. And I'm like, it's not like you just are, you know, swimming in the money. Right. You're in debt. But, okay. 
And and then we went into this interesting story, which I don't know, maybe it ties together. Maybe it's just a little context, but they basically were showing how Sarma is like a very generous person, especially with people that are houseless. And like, they say that she's always giving money to, to folks that she sees on the streets and whatnot. And she made like some special relationship with this man named Anthony. Anthony's my favorite. Yeah. He was very <laughs> sweet. And, um, she met him while he was homeless and she would invite him to dinners and to the restaurants. And she held his summer and winter clothes in her apartment when it was like the opposite season. And we're getting this all from an interview with Anthony. He just seemed like a really genuine person. Okay. The people that worked at Pure Food and Wine corporate office said that they were very wary of Shane. And one day he called the office and his caller ID showed up and it was Anthony Strangis. You're like, huh? Isn't your name Shane Fox? <laughs> So they looked him up on Google, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, and they found his mugshot. Oh my God. So was it more than one? Yeah. (laughs) Many. A couple of. So it was clear that Shane Fox is actually Anthony Strangest, and they brought it up to Sarma, and she kind of blew them off. And And caught by caller ID. Right. Amateur. Amateur. Clearly not black ops. (laughs) Right. So Sarma was alarmed at first, but then Shane explained that he had to have multiple identities for his job. And she was like, oh, okay. Bought it immediately. No. Mm-hmm. That's giving, that's Grand Theft Auto life, girl. Run away. <laughs> Run the fuck away. My thing is, if that's really the life he's living, that's not supposed to be your main nigga. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the nigga that you take, like, expensive vacations with when mm-hmm. you go to FBI not go pull up. That's the yeah. nigga that's, like, supposed to slide you some money when he's mm-hmm. in town and y'all have dinner together yeah. every blue moon. Right. Like, that's not your man. Yeah. Like, that's not who you introduce to people. Are you kidding me? And it's definitely not somebody you give money to. Exactly. No, no, no. You're doing you, it all wrong. You pull up at Thanksgiving and they're like, oh, what's your boyfriend do? Oh, mom, he's black ops. <laughs> he's a <Right>. spy. <laughs> Like, that don't make no sense. That don't make no sense at, at all. all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't be seen with him. Don't have your picture taken. And you're already a public figure. Oh, my God. No, Girl. absolutely not. What? Absolutely not. Nobody would ever know I knew that man. No. But I would definitely take his money. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. All those diamonds in that bag. Right. So after a few months, Sarma was kind of over the relationship with Shane. She, they, you know, they were in that weird gray area. And she was just kind of like, fuck it. So she was staying out in the country with her mom. And she said she wasn't feeling very she wasn't feeling well. She was feeling sick. Her mom wasn't home. So um, somehow she got in contact with Shane. I'm sure she was already in contact with him. You know how that should go. Mm-hmm. So Shane suggested that he could pick her and Leon up and take her back to the city. So he did that. But Shane's father was actually the one that drove them back to the city. And he backed up everything that Shane said, which was re- really reassuring to Sarma. And in my head, I'm like, who the fuck is this man? Because it's right. clearly not his father. Because all the stuff that Shane is saying is clearly a lie. Right there. But anyway, that was enough for Sarma, and it kind of pulled her back into the relationship, and they continued on. So then Shane takes Sarma to Tiffany's to try on rings, which this is what she should be doing. Yeah, right. no. This part. Right? Yeah, no, definitely. But I should actually walk out of the store with something on. Yeah, right. no. That part. Yeah. Not window shopping. No. So they tried on rings, or she tried on rings that were $80,000. $80,000. And they were also on the floor of Tiffany's that, that was, like, exclusive. Like, you have to make an appointment, and they serve you champagne, and it was, like, all special and shit. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought they said $800,000. Like, oh, did they? I, maybe I got that wrong. I don't know. Either way. 
No, that's like, yeah, but even 80000 is like, that's ridiculous. No, you're not going to find that in the mall. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I would be afraid to wear something that expensive on my yeah. head. No, same. No. Yeah. I'm supposed to like go about my daily right. whatever. I'm supposed to like shit with an $80,000 ring on. <laughs> <laughs> that feels no. wrong. <laughs> so then they went to this place called uh, King Cole Bar that was at the St. Regis Hotel. And they were like chatting it up. He's basically like spending money on her. And it was there that Sarma was so, like, enamored and Mm -hmm. told him that she loved him. And she specifically stated, which I feel like we have to say because I feel like it's going to come up, but she said that he would bring that up a lot. Yeah. So he would say, remember how we were at the King Cole bar. Which... The one experience that you don't have. Right. When your relationship gets so bad that your partner has to constantly be like, Remember that one time you were happy? That one right. time? That one time? That one place? Like, yeah. It's time to reevaluate and probably go. Yeah, most definitely. He also had Sarma looking at houses. And one townhouse that they were looking at was $14 million. Shh. <laughs> I say that number. For a townhome for me s- to share a wall? Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. That's what New it was York. like in New York for them. $14 million. Fourteen million dollars. Is the building fourteen million? Maybe no, no. That townhome. I tried it. The the you share a wall with your neighbor. So you 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 can hear your neighbor stomping around and mm-hmm. running upstairs. Mm-hmm. Your no. yard is your neighbor's yard. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and not do that. <laughs> Can't do that anyway. But still, not right. So the broker that they used was the same one that sold Alec Baldwin his home, and I'm just tired of hearing that name. <laughs> right. At this point. <laughs> He's like, the, he's popping up in everybody's Right, mind. is it about you? <laughs> right. Okay, sorry, Double D. <laughs> right. right. Oh, be everywhere. Every way. Do y'all watch um, Only Murders in the Building? No, I saw a few episodes. Start that. Watch it. It's cute. But okay. season two is about to come on, and Cara Delevingne is in it. Apparently, she's... Uh, what's that girl's name? Selena Gomez? Selena Gomez's love interest in the show. Oh, I did see something about that yeah. online. But I was like, she can, like... You're everywhere. She's sliding her way everywhere. Everywhere. With some thick ass eyebrows. That's all she got. (laughs) It's interesting. Very interesting. Let me pull. Let me pluck my eyebrows. Let me pluck them. Let me dye them so they can be looking thicker. (laughs) So Shane insisted that he had the funds for the house, and he told Sarma that he had a lot of money and a bunch of different accounts in different countries. Sus. Um, They ended up meeting at Barclays to talk about the house and they were treating him like a high roller like they had him in a special same thing like tiffany's they had him in a special room giving him all the drinks and whatnot like he had all this money and then of course the funds never materialized um he claimed that there were issues with the money taking a long time to travel so they didn't get the town home. It's giving in a Delphi. It yeah, is no, very definitely. much definitely. you think why that's I love it. That was a moment. That low key, like I feel like if that show had come out during uh, quarantine in the beginning, it would have been as big as Tiger King. True. Yeah. Like it was. Absolutely. It gives that vibe. Absolutely. So Sarma was struggling. She was in a lot of debt, as we mentioned multiple times. She was behind on payments to her with the um, Jeffrey. I forget what his title is, but the one who kind of like is holding this debt for her. Mm-hmm. And he was really supportive. He was like, okay, you didn't pay me this month. Just try to pay me next month, whatever. Right. So Shane, who is also also Anthony, he claimed that he could take care of her $2 million in debts. 
and that he would support her in that way. So Sarma was speaking to an accountant and she wanted to see how they could transfer the money without being taxed. And the accountant kind of like threw out jokingly slash not that if she married him, then she could just take the money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they got married in November of 2012 after a year of knowing each other. What a terrible year. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Wasn't it the year everything was supposed to end or something? Mm -hmm. Damn. I woke up, we were still there. Yeah. Maybe we just hopped universes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so anyway, she didn't tell her friends or her employees or her dad or anything that she was engaged. She tried to hide the ring and it was just really confusing and just surprising to her loved ones when they all found out, found out. Mm-hmm. They even came up with some conspiracy theories as to why they thought they got married, including blackmail. Oh, um, not blackmail. <laughs> so I'm like, that would be me. I would be that employee. Like, right. what do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Shane claimed that Sarma would be protected from his work as well because that they were married. So another reason why he kind of convinced her to get married. Mm. Um, and then this is at the end of the episode, y'all. So kind of the scene that we end on, we meet a man named Will Richards, who his, um, title says that he is an associate of Shane whose actual name is Anthony. And he kind of ends the episode by saying that he was, that Will was involved in making sure that Sarma didn't go off the rails. So that's his responsibility. And that's where the episode ends. It's already a wild ride. So I'm just like, Sarma girl, Sarma honey, sweetie, baby, love. I'm just what I'm saying. No. Off the rails. So he was hired by strangers? Yeah. Which is, no. He was an associate of him, I'm assuming, yeah. He was hired by him to make sure that Sarma didn't... Mm-mm. I don't trust that last name. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, change know. it. <laughs> Not change it. He did. He did. Right. <laughs> He's uh, Fox now. <laughs> Which is also sneaky. Yeah, it's also sneaky. <laughs> it's sly. Let me change my last name to Sneak. <laughs> um, I know a little bit about where this story is going. And it's just, it starts off so chaotic. <laughs> so chaotic. Like Sarma. Oh my god! And I, it's like I, I'm rooting for her. She really just gives me like doe-eyed, like hopeless mm-hmm. romantic. Like I want to believe in like the possibility of all the things. And I'm like, I want that for you, girl. But you need to wake up and open your eyes and pay the attention. Because what? Also, you're white and blonde and so pretty. You yeah. can pull. You don't anybody. have to deal with this shit. You can literally pull anybody. That's what is so interesting. I'm like, clearly, people were very interested in her. Like they yeah. went, they went through. They were like, people, like, people would go. Would yeah, famous people would go to the restaurant and they'd just be like, oh, where's Sarma? Like, people were into her. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I wonder what it was about this one person that just, like, caught her attention. And and these master manipulators be scary as fuck because they can really get in your head. Right. Even if you're somebody who, like, could easily do better. Right. Which most of us can. Or maybe she's not funny niggas. Like, she just was bored with all those Hollywood. Yeah boring type girl you better date a pete davidson type like it's all please <laughs> not pete davidson everybody says he has a big dick oh, i've yeah, heard that um through the grapevine <laughs> and um, they clear that name must be fan everybody talks That's what about it. it must be I he's mean, smashing everybody yeah and um uh teffy from tiktok she uh started doing like correspondence at the award show she was like listen 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 pete davidson be fucking be fucking i was like bitch 17 like what's up right but i believe it so yeah anyway 
But yeah, they want to know. You know, get you a, get you a comedian, mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah, so I'm interested to see where this goes. I, there's only four episodes in this series. It's like a limited series, so mm-hmm. I feel like they'll all be pretty good and eventful. I'm yeah. scared for it to be a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that when, um, what's his name, heard that they were going to do a Netflix documentary, he, he was like, fuck. Like, like right. Netflix is getting that reputation for be, having, like, exposés. Right. Because at first he was like, we're, uh, don't do a documentary, documentary. And then he was like, it's a fucking Netflix documentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. I knew you were true. Everybody could have seen this shit. <laughs> oh, for real. No, no, ID discovery. Uh, <laughs> Netflix. Netflix. No. Everybody watching this house. This ain't on Paramount. <laughs> Wait, does Netflix still have the program where you can get, like, the DVDs delivered to your house? I believe so. I was just talking about that. Remember that? I think oh. you technically still can't get them delivered. Like, wow. Like, exclusive content and shit that's i don't know who i was talking to or maybe i saw this online or something like that realities are getting mixed up <laughs> niggas really didn't believe that they used to mail dvds to your house yeah that is how it started yeah that's literally and i remember getting dvds yes like waiting days being yeah. excited and the reason why it was so popular is because you can keep it as long as you want to you just can't get anything else off of your list right yeah so you had three you send one back and they'll send you the next one that's right. on your list Oh my so, God. And I would always try to sneak shit in my, in the list. Yeah, exactly. I was like, stop doing that shit. Like, <laughs> I want this to come next. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, they put Blockbuster straight out of business. Uh, it was Blockbuster, too. That was kind of like, it was just a moment. It like, really you go, was. You get your candy, your popcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You pick your your VHS. Everybody pick one. Aww. That brings us so many feels. I feel like that, like, if they made... I don't know how they could do it, but if they made a blockbuster that was like super nostalgic to like people of our generation, I feel yeah. like it would do really well. Even if it was just like a site that you go yeah. and like yeah. kind of experience it and you don't actually check anything out. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I know we're really getting off of the course, but I thought about doing that. Like really? I thought about setting up my garage like a That's so oh, that smart. So That's <laughs> fun. That <laughs> okay, I'll take it out. That's a cute idea. <laughs> no, that's a cute idea. Um, but yeah. Okay, cute. I'll just beep it out. <laughs> <laughs> like, idea alert. Right. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we will um, be back with the next episode in our next mini-sode. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Bye.